0: You know, people will sometimes observe that the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary is one of the most difficult stumbling blocks to overcome for, especially for Protestants on the road to Catholic unity. And um, in the work that I've been doing in these last years, uh, helping out with the Coming Home Network, which exists to bring people into the church. Um, This question comes up all the time. How do you explain all these things about the Virgin Mary, especially these two dogmatic pronouncements, her immaculate conception and her assumption into heaven? How do you explain that when they're not in Scripture? Well, in my experience, this was one of the easiest things to solve because it is based on a very simple principle. What the Catholic faith believes about Mary is what it believes about Christ. And what it teaches about Mary illuminates in turn its faith in Jesus Christ. It all goes together. Today we celebrate the solemnity of the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, body and soul, into heavenly glory after the course of her earthly life was ended. And it is true that scripture does not give us any details about this at all. The gospels don't speak to it. But in the early church, we do have some fascinating accounts of how this is so. Um, My favorite was, was, it was in the year 451. Um, The church is gathering together at the Council of Chalcedon, a very important council, this Fourth Ecumenical Council. It was the one that defined both the divine and the human nature in the one person of Jesus Christ. It's one of the two most important councils the church ever had. And they met in Chalcedon, which um, if you've ever traveled to Istanbul today... It's basically a parking lot near the train station on the other side of um, the, the Bosphorus. But it was, a, it was a royal palace back then. And it was interesting that the emperor came to visit, the, um, he came to visit the, uh, the council. He had just built a church in Constantinople dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he very much wanted to have a relic of the Blessed Mother to grace that new church. And so he strode up to the Bishop of Jerusalem, thinking, well, now if there's anyone in the world that would know how I can get a relic of the Blessed Mother, it would be the Bishop of Jerusalem. And so he asks the bishop, would you in your kindness give us a relic of the Blessed Mother for our church in Constantinople. And the bishop said, Emperor, I'm I'm sorry. I would like to do that, but there is no relic of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he asked, and the story came out. Um, The Bishop of Jerusalem basically related the story that Mary had come back from Ephesus with the Apostle John, and they were all living together, all the disciples, when she died. And after she died, the disciples took her across the valley to the Garden of Gethsemane, where they buried her in a cave there. And then three days later, This is Bishop of Jerusalem telling the story. Three days later, the disciple, the Apostle Thomas, shows up. Quite consistent. You know, he's never there when you need him. (laughs) Thomas shows up, and he wants to pay his last respects to the Blessed Mother. And so they all cross over to Gethsemane, and they open up the tomb. And Mary's not there. Her body's not there. And that, um, that really was probably the principal story that was told in the early church to drive home the point that Jesus did indeed take his mother home with him to heaven. And it shouldn't surprise us because Jesus himself said this when in the Gospel of Matthew he said, Truly I say to you, there are some who are standing here who will not taste death before they see the, coming, the Son of Man coming into heaven. Could he not meant that literally of his mother? There is such a simple logic to the doctrine of the Assumption. When the angel hailed the young Virgin Mary as full of grace... The church understood this to mean that she was entirely without sin. She wasn't just temporarily full of grace like someone who has just eaten a full meal. Now sin, original sin, which pervades human nature is the reason for the corruption of the human body. And in the natural law of our fallen world, This is what happens to a human body. Incorruptibility, on the other hand, is the state of grace. And we believe that Mary is uniquely of the second order. The Immaculate Conception on December 8th and the Assumption today on August 15th commemorate the arrival and the departure on earth of this most blessed woman who was elected from eternity by God to be the mother of our salvation. Her arrival was originally intended to be human life as it existed before the fall. And her departure was as God promises it will be at the end, sinless and immortal. Mary is thus the icon of perfected humanity. So this is a very important day for our faith, because as we cling to our belief that Mary has been assumed bodily into heaven, she is a kind of sacrament of what in faith we expect and hope and are promised. We who belong to Jesus Christ what we will experience after our time on earth has ended and when Christ comes back again to resurrect the faithful departed. The doctrine of the assumption is thus firmly rooted in hope. And what we hope for is the full victory of sin and death at the end of time by reuniting body and soul And this is what St. Paul says to us in our reading today. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Mary has led the way. She has shown us the road to victory, salvation, and eternal life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Let's begin by turning to Our Lady together. So, Mother Mary, keep us always in the Father's will. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And Mary, keep us always one with the heart of Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And finally, Mother Mary, teach us how to live by the Holy Spirit. that are the most important. The first is the day we are born, and the second is the day we find out why. Mark Twain. Why were we born? And this feast is a beautiful reminder as we celebrate Mary assumed body and soul into heaven. This feast helps us to lift our eyes and our hearts heavenward to God, because we were born for eternity. And God does not want us to forget this. We were born toward eternal life we were made for heaven. And one of the fruits, therefore, of this feast that we celebrate is the virtue of hope. And every single one of us deeply feels the need for hope. Why do we need hope? Because We need it to persevere. To persevere in what? We need hope to persevere in faith and in love. Let's be honest. Living our Christian life from day to day, week to week, it is hard. The spiritual battles, the intensity of temptation, the potential to veer off the tracks, the different burdens and the crosses that we are called to bear in the demands of living the gospel. I'm sure with me some days you want to say, oofta, oofta. And you're glad when the day is done to persevere day in, day out, in faith and in love. We need the virtue of hope. St. Paul understood it this way, the sufferings of the present time are as nothing compared to the glory that awaits us that Jesus and Mary now fully enjoy is going to be for us. And so as we see our mother Mary, the Queen, seated beside Jesus, the King of the universe, as we see Mary the new Eve, now one with Jesus, the new Adam. As we see Mary, who with her son are the first fruits of the work of redemption, crowned in glory, what happened to Jesus and Mary is going to happen to us. We are going to share in the fullness of that glory, but not yet. That's why we need hope. Everything that we go through today and throughout our life, what the church calls the valley of tears is going to be completed in the eternity of glory And so Mary wants to give all of us, besides an ice cream cone, she wants to give us, through her prayers, the virtue of hope. I pray we leave here tonight with with hearts lifted in hope. Yes, my life is hard, but Scripture tells me it's all going to be worth it. Perseverance, perseverance, perseverance in hope. Amen?